Hello, I'm Ricky Koopman. And I'm Danny Reid. And this is Don't Have a Do It, a podcast from the City of Mount Gambier Library. This podcast delves into the stories of the Mount Gambier Library, from authors to innovation, programming to local history. We invite you to join in and learn about what we do here in the library and our place within the community. Hello and welcome to a new year and a new season of Don't Overdo It. This is season three of our humble little podcast and we must say a big thank you to you tuning in, whether this is your first or your 20th episode. We start the new year off with the first of a new series of interviews that we'll be scattering amongst our episodes throughout the year and it's called Writers on the Road. This is where we sit down with a touring author right before they hit the stage here in Mount Gambier for an author event and we chat about their writing, what they're reading and life on the publicity circuit. So let's jump in with our first of our Writers on the Road episodes with our team leader of library programs, Christy Brooks, as she chats with debut crime writer and soon-to-be publishing superstar, Mercedes Mercia. So today we have with us Mercedes Mercia, who's a debut author of White Noise, described by her publisher HarperCollins as a searing, dark and dangerous thriller from an exciting new voice. Wowzers. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. No, it's a pleasure. So White Noise is a psychological, fast-paced thriller and honestly, you had me turning the pages so fast. My heart really? was beating. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that. I've told everybody. Um, it was, I could, I was trying to think, am I going to have heart problems here? <laughs> I was trying to read as fast as my heart was beating. Oh my gosh, you. And, you know, you sort of, there was, it was descriptive. You could see things happening, yet you couldn't see things happening. That's the best description. Thank you. <laughs> no, that is the best description. That's exactly what I wanted. You know, that sort of that fast paced, you can't, you know, you can't turn the pages fast enough. You, it's sort of unfolding in front of your eyes, but, you know, just, just in front of your eyes. So only just as you're turning the page, things are starting to click and you're like, <gasps> there, there may have been a few curse words in my household <laughs> with my husband interrupting me. I'm like, stop. And he said, can't you just finish it tomorrow? <laughs> Apologies to your no. husband. <laughs> no, no, Regan. So, Regan, if you're listening, no, I couldn't put it down. Sorry, Regan. <laughs> so, for those who haven't been lucky enough to read White Noise, please tell us a little bit about it. Sure. So, White Noise follows Dr Laura Fleming and she's a psychologist at a fictional prison in New South Wales called Westmead Prison. And she inherits this uh, inmate, Justin Jones, from one of her colleagues who has to go on maternity leave early. And it's Laura's job to assess Justin um, for suitability for early release to parole. And that's something that he desperately wants. And Justin is, he's pretty handsome, he's pretty charming, he's a little bit manipulative, he's got Everyone in the prison sort of wrapped around his finger, got everyone believing that he's this reformed inmate that's ready to be released out into the community, he's turned his life around, he's going to do good. Um, So Laura starts sitting in sessions with him and and talking to Justin and as she starts to get to know him a little bit better, these alarm bells are starting to to ring in the back of her her mind and she's sort of thinking, hmm... These things aren't adding up. There's there's something a little bit off about this guy. 
Um, and meanwhile, in her personal life, she's falling victim to this series of increasingly personal and terrifying attacks that just keep building and building. Um, so Laura has to basically, she has to work out what's going on. She has to work out who she can trust, who she can't trust before it's too late. Mm. And we can't say anymore because no. we'll give away the plot. <laughs> it's hard to do sort of a, you know, a synopsis sort of summing everything up without spoilers. Well, you definitely had us all leading in there. So that's why I was, grabbed the book as soon as it was out. Brilliant. So, yeah. <laughs> now you've drawn on your own experiences and knowledge from working in the criminal justice centre, or system, sorry. So are you able to explain more and, and where you are in that? Yeah, so I um, I work in, in prisons in South Australia. I work in the corporate side of things so I'm sort of in our in our central office um pop into to prisons semi-regularly um which is really great but yeah I've, I've got a really been working there for the last eight or so years so have a really good background in it and sort of lots of experience and, and knowledge that that's inspired the story it's nothing that I pulled directly from from my life there was no you know characters that, you know that were based on a particular person or you know incident or even even prison it's not even based on you know any one prison it's sort of everything is an amalgamation and pulled and from various areas and sort of mashed together and all a bit of a mixture from from various aspects of my life. So did you lean on anyone within your you know a work colleague or colleagues? I did. So, yeah. So one of my good friends who I actually went to high school with um, works with me and she's a psychologist and she was sort of a bit of a spark of, uh, you know, an idea for the the main sort of hub of the story. We were sitting down, we're just having lunch one day and she was explaining to me her day and, you know, she was saying... um, talking through this, you know, this this inmate and how, you know, she's got to do this this risk assessment to, you know, assess his suitability for parole. And I just was sitting there and thinking like, wow, that's such a huge responsibility to be on this one person's Absolutely. shoulders. And, yeah. you know, what if, you know, what if she gets it wrong? What happens if there's something she overlooks? You know, it's just, it's just so much that, you know, pressure, so much that could go wrong. And it's such an important job that... I think doesn't really get a lot of light shone on it. And so I just thought I'd love to I'd love to pitch a really clever, really manipulative inmate, you know, against an equally clever, brilliant psychologist and you know watch that watch how that plays watch out it. and, and yeah, it is a watch play it's a two and fro isn't yeah, it yeah exactly yeah, it's yeah. a pull and tug exactly kind of, yeah yeah so she was she was a bit of my inspiration for it so I did I did lean on her I've also got a um, police officer friend who I leaned on him for a lot of the the police sort of side mm-hmm. of things, um, which was which was really helpful as well. Definitely, <laughs> it's always good as a as an author to have a you know a police officer friend. <laughs> they say you know have a police officer friend, have a psychologist friend, have a, a lawyer friend. You know someone maybe someone in, the in medical, court. medical mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know you've got Ticking to them got to keep your friends you know keep your friends close. You've got a library friend now. <laughs> got a library friend <laughs> equally as important. <laughs> So your career now is, is, as we've talked about, but when did the aspiration for writing sort of come to light? When have you always liked writing, reading? Yeah, I think I've I've always wanted to to be an author, and it's it's kind of funny when I 
you know, posted that I got the book deal on social media. Um, lots of people who I haven't spoken to in, in years, probably even decades, you know, commented on my posts and was like, oh, I remember, you know, from primary school, you always wanted to be an author, you know, this is so amazing. And I was just like, wow. So I really have always wanted to be, you know, an author my, my whole life. And I think for a long time, I sort of saw it as a hobby and something I did in my spare time. You know, I, I sat down and I wrote when I was feeling feeling creative and feeling like I wanted to, to write. Um, and then it sort of got to about 2016 and I just thought, I want to do this as more than a hobby. I want this to actually be something, you know, I can, I can do as, as a job. And so... I did some research into some writing courses and I signed up for the Fiona McIntosh Masterclass. Now, so, yeah. can I pause there Please. because the Fiona McIntosh Masterclass, for those that don't know, is internationally recognised and her Masterclass is already fully booked for the next two years. Yep. So it's, it's huge. It's huge. It's brilliant. It's this five-day course for aspiring authors and just sort of teaches you everything about commercial fiction basically and it was just brilliant and I you go there and you bring the first 10 pages of the manuscript that you're working on she has a read through them and she has a one-on-one session with each participant and she sort of says oh you know this is what's good this isn't you know what needs to this is what needs to be improved etc etc and so I, at that point in time, was writing sort of commercial women's fiction, romance, that sort of genre, so completely different that genre. That surprises me. Yeah. Sorry, I just <laughs> raised my eyebrows then. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> completely different. Um, and Fiona was like, she sort of sat me down and she was like, Mercedes, with your unique background in the criminal justice system, why on earth are you not writing crime? And I... I love reading crime. I've always loved reading crime. Like my mum has always been the biggest crime, you know, reader. We always had crime books everywhere around the house growing up. But I think for a, a long time, because I was such a big fan of it, I was very intimidated by the genre because, you know, rightly so, crime readers are really, really discerning. They, you know, they know what they like. They, you need to have the twists, the turns, the clues, the red herrings. They, they want to be surprised. They don't want to know who did it. And it's quite intimidating. Yeah. And so I think for a long time I just thought, oh, no, I, I, I can't do that. You know, I'm not... I'm not going to... And I guess you've got to be, you know, spot on with your research and your factual, you know, if you are writing a little bit more floaty stuff, it's more storytelling gentle, whereas something like the crime, you know, it's so descriptive. You know, you're taking people to all these different places Mm -hmm. and and then we're learning about, like we do in this book, you know, the criminal justice system, etc. So a lot riding on you to get it spot on. That's right. That's right. I think, yeah, that's why part of the reason why I was just so intimidated so I was writing you know this commercial women's fiction and romance which I really enjoyed as well um and I was sending the manuscripts off to to publishers you know in Australia and overseas no luck I was just getting rejection after rejection after rejection and so finally in a 2020 when when COVID hit I had a bit more time in my day I wasn't commuting to and from work and so I thought you know what I'm going to sit down, I'm going to take the time that I would have been commuting and I'm going to try and write this crime novel. I'm just going to do it. You know, enough (laughs) self-doubt, just give it a go. And 
So I sat down and I always knew if I was going to write a crime novel, I wanted to set it in a prison. So I sort of had that basis. I had that conversation with my psychologist friend. So I so I had the idea in my head and I sat down and it just it just started flowing out of me. <laughs> That's not to say, you know, writing the whole book was that easy. It was mm-hmm. definitely, you know, a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But I think as soon as I started, I just knew that I was I was in the right genre and this was this was you know, what I should be doing and what I should be writing in. And so it probably took me about six months to write it. Pretty quick. That but quick, yeah. I think because I'd had it percolating in the back of my head mm. for so many years, especially after Fiona sort of planted the seed in, in my head. You must feel and obligated, don't you? Exactly. <laughs> and so I think I'd, I'd been thinking about it for years and years and years. And I'm quite a... I'm a routine person, so I need to sit down. So I made a plan. I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write X amount of words. So it was 1,200 words a day. And by, you know, I can't remember what date, say five months, I'm going to have a full manuscript written. And so that's just how I did it. Five days a week, I sat down, I wrote my 1,200 words. I didn't get my bum out of my seat until I'd, until I'd completed those words. And then I sent it off to a professional publisher um, she gave me some really good feedback, some really good edits. So I implemented those edits. And then when I was really happy with it, I sent it back to Fiona and she sent it off to publishers. She sent it yes. off. Yes. So wow. that's another Fiona's plus endorsement. of yep, there we go. doing Spine her masterclass. Mm. So she does that for all her masterclasses. The wonderful woman that she is. And so she sent it off to publishers and wasn't too much longer and Harper Collins came back and said they were interested. And how interested? How many books? Are we, they uh, are two book deals. Oh, congratulations. So thank you. <laughs> so I yeah, um it was it was at a period, I think it was like twenty twenty one when they rang me and for some reason, I don't know if this happened with you, but I was getting spam calls every single still happening. day. Still, still happening. Still happening, yes. And so I was sort of I was like, if I don't recognise the number on my screen, I'm not going to pick up. I'm just going to, if they want me, they'll leave a message and Correct. I'll ring them back. Yes. So that's what I did. Then this number popped up on my phone, just thought it was spam, didn't think too much of it. And then heard a ding and I was like, oh, they left a message. And so it was my publisher ringing and she was, she said, um, you know, Mercedes, can you please give me a call back? And she whispered, she's like, I've got some very good news for you. and as soon as I heard that you know I went rang her back my fingers were shaking like I was putting my my whole hands were shaking Mm. as I was putting the phone up to my ear and uh, yeah um, she offered me the the two book deal and I burst into tears and she basically had to carry the whole conversation because I couldn't get (laughs) two words out between my sobs (laughs) but the lovely thing is I've still got that I've still got that voicemail so sometimes I go back and listen to it if I'm having you know, a case of imposter syndrome or, you know, anything like that. So that's really nice. Oh. Um, so writing on that, what was it like when that first book arrived at your home before anyone else, before the bookshelves, you've got a copy of it in your hand? Oh, How did it feel? It was surreal. I think every author imagines that moment and just pictures, you know, what you're going to feel like. And so it almost didn't feel real I almost sort of felt a little bit removed from my body I think and also because I you know I want I asked my partner to to film it so you know I could look back and sort of see my reaction and stuff like that 
Um, but just sitting with it in my hands was just incredible. I think that is only second to seeing it in an airport for the first time. Oh, I think yes, that I have heard authors do enjoy yes. that. And they enjoy receiving the photos of that where, you know, in different places. Yes, know. I love, like, people still send me in photos like, oh, you know, saw it here, saw it there. And I'm like, please don't ever stop, you know, sending <laughs> them in. I don't care if it's, you know, years down the track. I just, you know, love seeing, like, where they are. Yeah. So I guess leading on for that, um, I obviously know what's involved on my side of hosting but I'd love to chat to you about, and especially being a new author, about your side and your perspective of things. So you've signed to HarperCollins, which is fabulous. How soon are you told, right, you're on the road? Or is that part of the contract? Or So part of my contract, I don't know if this is, you know, all authors or all publishing houses, they just basically said for six weeks after release date, that's a period of time where, you know, you should be focusing on doing interviews and podcasts and, you know, getting out and doing author talks and, and that kind of stuff. But sort of beyond that sort of period, it's basically sort of on your own shoulders to 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 keep the publicity and the, you know, the promotional side of things going. Which, which is good, like I, I really enjoy doing it. Um, and I think when, when White Noise came out, it was June this year. And so we were really just on the very edges of the last of the sort of COVID restrictions. And so I didn't really get out and do a whole heap of things in person. I had a book launch at the wonderful new Dimmicks in Rundlemall, their new store. Um, and did a couple of, you know, library and sort of um, bookshop talks, but um, did a lot of things online, a lot of, you know, Zoom um, interviews, a lot of Facebook Live, Instagram Live, did a lot of podcasting, um, just a lot of digital stuff, which, which was an interesting, you know, sort of step into it. But now I think I'm starting to be able to get out and about a bit more and do these wonderful in-person events and be able to interact with, you know, with readers and, and meet them in person, which is just a whole a whole different ball game and, and so much more enjoyable. And so that was something that you weighed up when you thought, right, I'm going to start sending my manuscripts out, my books out. I know that I'm going to have to be the face of this book. Yeah. Yes. And I think for a lot of authors, I think... I can't speak for all of us, but a lot of us are quite introverted. <laughs> you know, we sit mm. we sit alone all day at a at a laptop and, you know, by ourselves. And so that that getting out there and doing the promotional side of things can be can be quite intimidating. And I did find it quite intimidating at yeah. the beginning, like, you know, all those the eyes on you and everyone, you know, watching you and, and listening. But I think everyone comes and they're just so supportive and all the questions are so wonderful no one's sitting there you know thinking oh I hated your book so I came along to her here well that's a good point isn't it you're not going to have that that purse that Karen in the background (laughs) exactly hopefully hopefully Um, yeah I guess for you um as a new author you have just been propelled into it and you don't know any different I actually feel for authors who have been around for you know 15 years or more because I would say I've been in libraries for nearly 13 years and Mm. it's always been author events and speaking but Mm. beyond that I probably growing up wouldn't have recognized my favorite author by their face you know if I'd seen them in a magazine or something Mm -hmm. whereas now it's book cover 
and it's your, you know, the author's face, and they're having to put themselves on social media. They're having to show them, you know, the personal side because you've got to connect with the audience. So you've got to put yourself on there in your dressing gown or out for dinner. Or do you find that you're having to be more vulnerable as yes, well? Yes, yes, and having to think about it a lot more in my everyday life. You know, it's not just going out for for dinner anymore it's not or it's not you know getting up and sitting at my desk and just concentrating on writing anymore it's thinking okay so what can I put on social media about this how can I what's the story you're telling exactly Mm. exactly and so it is it's a it's a whole new way of thinking and it's 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 hard it's (laughs) I think it's it's a new mindset and it just takes practice and and it takes time though it does take time Mm. And I think I'm maybe lucky in the way that, you know, I have been using social media in my personal life for, you know, years and years and years. So the the concept of it isn't that unusual, but the the thought of sharing things to a public sphere rather than just to, you know, friends and family Close and people and that family. you know and mm. trust is is quite intimidating. So I think you have to you have to draw the line and you have to sort of decide what you want you to show, you know, your followers because there is that line. It's, you know, some people don't show their children, some people don't show their partner, but there is a lot that you can show in your life without showing everything, I think. Definitely. Mm. You've got a good balance because I follow you as well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so um, what we might do is just go into our thought Five pop quiz questions, Ooh. which we're asking all of our travelling authors. Excellent. So, number one, are you guilty of choosing a book by its cover? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. A good cover can, can you know, completely draw me in. And on that, your cover is amazing, isn't it? Thank you. I love oh, it. Yeah. It, yeah, I was, yeah. I was very, very happy with it. And I think, you know... Um, you probably know this, but authors don't really get a whole lot of say in what their cover's going to look like. And I have heard some some terrifying stories of authors who've sort of said, I hated my cover. Um, You're so disappointed. Yeah, and it had, no. to, it had to go out. Mm. But, you know, there's whole marketing teams, there's sales teams whose job it is to, to research the market, to know what sells, to know what... Ch- you know, what's trending, what people are picking up off the shelf, like colours, you know, everything, like font, colour, image, you know, they, they know what people are, well, are buying. It, yeah. And so you've just got to you've just got to trust, trust them, I guess. And thankfully, I was very thankful that I loved my colour yeah. the second I saw it. So <laughs> Love it. Is there a genre that you have never read? I'm sure there's probably you know, a niche genre that <laughs> I was yeah, I was at the um, Port Macdonald Library last night and someone was talking about an author who used to write sci-fi erotica or something like that. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I haven't read... No? I haven't read that genre. <laughs> but you know what? I love... I sort of... I really love all... Well, not maybe not all genres, but most genres. I read crime, I read thriller, I read romance, I read commercial women's fiction. I love fantasy, um, sci-fi, not as much, but you know, I'm I'm willing to to give it a go. I so think we'll put it down to erotic fantasy uh, sci-fi, <laughs> <Yeah. Yep. Okay>. alien. <laughs> okay, stop, <laughs> stop. <laughs> no. um, so next question is. 
If there were to be a new release memoir on anyone, who would you want to read about? Oh, oh, that's a great question. Can be quite stalkerish that question. Oh, but that's interesting. You know what? I've been watching a lot of Louis Theroux lately, <gasps> yes. and I'm just obsessed with him. Like he's just brought out a book. Has he? I yes. didn't even know that. Yes, is it has. a memoir? Yes, it oh is. Oh, my gosh. It's like, <laughs> okay, my, my dream has been answered. I think I need to go it immediately and find my, this. Yep, it landed on my desk uh, this week. So let me find that it. That is it's probably so really out, But I'll give you the funny. title Oh, before. my gosh. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I'm stopping <laughs> I'm off at a bookstore well. on the way home. <laughs> um, what is a book that you'd love to – see made into a movie or a series mm. I love I love basically anything Dervla McTiernan writes I think she is just she is just incredible and her Im- imagery is just so evocative so I think I'd really love to see love to see you know the ruin or you know any mm. of her you know books made into made into a series I think that would be that would be really good it would. yes Final question, light. What are you currently reading? I am currently reading The Whispering by Veronica Lando. So she won the Banjo Prize, the HarperCollins Banjo mm-hmm. Prize in, I want to say maybe 2020 or 2021. Brilliant. I'm probably about a quarter of the way in, but I'm hooked and it's it's sort of unlike anything I've, I've read before. It's got sort of a supernatural element to it although I'm not quite sure yet whether it actually is supernatural or whether it can be explained so that's still up for debate so but brilliant great characterization great description set up in you know tropical north Queensland in the rainforests up there just brilliant sounds interesting all right I'll put that one on my list as well (laughs) (laughs) well as much as I have got 100 questions for you we are about to go on stage and I'm about to open the doors to the Mount Gambier library and we're about to talk more (laughs) so I can't wait (laughs) we're gonna sign off and thank you so much for your time thank you so much for having me that was a blast (laughs) we'll keep chatting soon (laughs) sounds good thank you Bye. bye If you want to pick up a copy of Mercedes Mercier's book, White Noise, jump online or contact us here at the library and we can reserve you a copy. And for more information about upcoming author events and programs here at the library, make sure you are subscribed to our mailing list or call in and grab a copy of our What's On Guide. As always, thank you for listening to Don't Overdo It, a podcast from the City of Mount Gambier Library.